Oh, yeah. I guess it ain't over, motherfuckers. It's scary hours. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so scared. I'm scared of Drake. No, 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 no. Pump your brakes. Calm down. Calm down, OVOians. I'm just joking. These is jokes, man. Y'all got to get out your feelings. <laughs> I know I know what you're thinking. Me, little Drake. Well, not really. Um, so... Scary Hours 2. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> Alright, man. Let's let's get to it, bro. Alright, man. So Drake dropped his new EP, the sequel to the original Scary Hours. Now, I will say this. The original Scary Hours EP is a classic, man. Diplomatic immunity is like that's up there. When it comes down to like Drake songs and shit, that nigga body that. But we're gonna talk about what was released last night. I ch- I checked out a few projects last night, and I checked out one in particular this morning. But let's talk scary hours too, man. The EP. Um, it was it's it was pretty solid. You know, it's pretty much what I normally would rate Drake albums, really, like a B plus. It's a B plus. I mean, it was good. What's next? You know, I can review track by track, I guess, because it's only three songs. <laughs> but um, what's next? Everybody using that damn haba da baba da baba da ba haba da baba da baba da baba da. Switch the flow up. You've been using that flow the last year and a half. But that beat is nasty, though. That beat is sick. Even though I like the line where he said, Drake said, um, I might charge my ex for a feature. That was cold. Like that. Once the knees with Lil Baby. I've been saying it all over the internet, and I'm going to say it again. Lil Baby smoked Drake. This is kind of like a passing of the torch. Lil Baby, the hottest rapper in the game. He might not be the best rapper in the game, but he's definitely the hottest. Like, Lil Baby just smoked him. Like Eminem did Jay on Renegade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just lit his he just lit him up with hot shells. But Drake made up for it on Lemon Pepper Freestyle. His two verses were crazy. Rick Ross kind of fell back a little bit. He normally would be bodying shit with Drake. But Drake 2 Versus was crazy on Lemon Pepper Freestyle. That's probably the best track on this record. But other than that, this is a pretty good project. Decent sequel. Um, Speaking of sequels, Denzel Curry dropped finally finally fucking dropped unlocked 1.5 now this is a remix album this is a remix album as i expected because i seen like remixes to uh all the songs that were on the album unlocked he did with kenny beats who i feel is an underrated producer 
But um Man, listen. That cosmic remix with Joey Badass was crazy. Okay, that Diet 1 1.5 with Benny the Butcher is crazy. My favorite song on here actually is So Incredible Remix with uh, Smino. That beat was out of there. Like, the beats on this remix album, the production was out of control. Kenny Beats and Charlie Heat, Jay Versace. You know, there's a lot of co-production on here by other, you know, producers and shit. But yeah, it was three versions of Take It Back on here. No, two versions. But yeah, man, I enjoyed the Denzel Curry joint. Coming to America, let's see. Do I do the movie review first or the soundtrack first? I'll just do the soundtrack review first because it's going to be short. I mean, it was fucking cheesy to me because, you know, some of the songs were used for the movie and the the songs fit better for the movie instead of the soundtrack. I feel like the soundtrack could have been better if they did like a score with the songs from the movie in it and then did a whole different soundtrack with other artists on it. But I guess they wanted to keep it clean. But I love the song with Sean and YG. The John Legend song. Uh, I'm not going to speak on the songs that were used for the movie because that's not fair. Um, The joint with Megan and Bobby Sessions was good. The Public Enemy Ice-T and PMD record was a surprise, but it wasn't that good. All the uh, reggae records on there, fire. All of them was dope. But yeah, my favorite track on here is definitely um, Go Big with YG and Big Sean, though. Coming to America, the movie. I watched it yesterday, and there are... I mean, I don't know if if I'm going to say I'm going to spoil the movie, because it's really nothing to spoil. It's not... The plot is not that thick to where, oh my God, why are you giving the whole movie away? I like this movie, man. The movie was fucking amazing. I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was pretty much an updated version of the original with a lot more sauce. Meaning drip. Meaning swag. Meaning it's just like a great update you know you wonder what a king prince of king you know prince of king was up to or king of king i should say and queen lisa was up to and it was kind of funny you know she's you know the character transitions from the beginning to the end how the characters were in the beginning to how they evolved towards the end you know you gotta love the evolving and then the fact that Akeem's son is exactly like him as far as courage, bravery, 
thought process. You know, he spoke his mind. But Akeem, you know what I'm saying? King Akeem was a little bit, got a little bit of an ego because, you know, his pops was gassing him. You know what I'm saying? King Joffy Jofer was gassing him up to be like a hardcore thug, thug ass king when that really wasn't him. And then, you know, Lisa had to, re- Queen Lisa had to remind him, like, hey, yo. Like, you ain't start this shit because, you know what I'm saying? You wanted to take over what your father started and yeah, 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 yeah. You were supposed to be the king, a different king. But, you know, the movie is just basically about Akeem returning to America to get his son to bring him back to Zamunda to be the the prince. But, of course, you know, he had to take a few tests. And, you know, towards the end, you see that the original sequel's second half of the movie was like a complete match of the sequel's. I mean, the new characters, I mean, Leslie Jones was funny as fuck in that movie. She was fucking hilarious. Um, Jermaine Fowler did really fucking good as um, Lavelle, man. He was fucking great. The girl that played Jermaine Fowler's Fowler's girlfriend, I don't know her name. I have to look it up, but she is beautiful. Um... Uh, the girl that played Akeem's oldest daughter, she was good as hell. Tracy Morgan was Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan plays the same nigga in every movie. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, man. What's up, yo? Brooklyn, stand up, yo. <laughs> you know what I mean? That nigga played the same character. Now, don't get me started on Tiana Taylor. Lord have mercy. God... God put some work into that woman. <laughs> That's all I'm going to really tell y'all. I'm not going to get too much away. Wesley Snipes was funny as fuck, dog. Wesley Snipes funny as hell, nigga. <laughs> like, Wesley Snipes had to have some fucking Broadway training because he always does the actor thespian thing. You know what I mean? That nigga, <laughs> sit your five dollar ass down before I make change. That nigga think he's he's Shakespeare. <laughs> Wesley Snipes is the Shakespeare of nigga actors, man. I swear to God. But I definitely enjoyed myself. The cameos, like the Michael Blackson and Rick Ross cameos, was fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> I died laughing. But other than that, I'm going to get up off it before I spoil too much. Silk Sonic. For those of you who are not familiar with who that is, that's Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack's new supergroup. Yes. Bruno Mars got a band. Anderson Pack got a band. Bruno Mars got the vocals. Anderson Pack got the vocals. And they released their first song last night. I was fucking excited because I'm an Anderson Pack fan and I'm what you call a, a new Bruno Mars fan. Meaning that from 24 Karat Magic on, 
you know, I'm a fan. The song was called Leave the Door Open, and it was straight R&B, straight R&B, straight R&B. That was that real R&B for you. I can't wait to see what the rest of the project sounds like now. They didn't built a lot of anticipation for this project they are about to drop soon. I don't know what it's going to be called exactly, but they haven't revealed the album title. Uh, let's move on to Tory Lanez. Um, I skimmed Tory Lanez' album, and um, I was not impressed enough or interested enough to purchase or get the entire project. It's just that here's why. It's not because of the Meg situation. You know what I'm saying? It's it's because the music isn't good. The only song that I like on there is the record with him and Chris Brown. That's a very great record, but that's what you get for making a single that sounds, you know, that's better than the entire album. That's like a curse because it's just nothing but a bunch of whiny ballads. It doesn't have that Tory Lanez all around game where he's rapping on this record, he's singing and rapping on this record, he has this feature, that feature, he has this beat, the production on there was uh, not that good either to me, you know, from what I heard, I wasn't impressed, like, I like the album that uh, he was confessing his sins on, <laughs> the bullshit he dropped um, earlier last year. You know, I like the bullshit that he dropped. Uh, well, I forgot the name of the album. Daystar. Yeah, that album was way better than this shit that he dropped. I'm not saying don't go by the album. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Tory Lanez has set the bar high with his music. So let's move on to the LeBron versus Kevin Durant draft. Oh man, it was interesting because they, I think they threw a little shade towards the Utah Jazz because Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were picked last. I think it's a lot of shade there. I think that they mad. Well, I don't know about Kevin Durant's position on why he did what he did, but I know LeBron James was definitely throwing some shade because, you know, his team is sliding down the Western Conference. Meanwhile, Utah remains at number one and Utah kicked they motherfucking ass the last time they played. So I think it's a little salt, a little shade thrown towards Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And the fact that LeBron didn't pick Donovan Mitchell. But, I mean, obviously, well, I mean, LeBron had a chance to pick Donovan. When Kevin Durant picked him, he was like, I need a bucket. I'm going to pick Donovan Mitchell. That shit was funny than a motherfucker. But let's go over the teams. I don't know if I'm going to, um, all right, I guess it's in order. LeBron drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antipo Negro first. Um, I'm not mad at that pick. Not mad at that. Kevin Durant drafted his teammate Kyrie Irving first. That was smart. And that's cool. If I was LeBron, I would have been petty and drafted Kyrie. 
But Kyrie is that guy. So I get it. For him being a, a first round pick. Then LeBron in the second round drafted Stephen Curry. The guy he's been scared of for all these years. <laughs> I'm talking shit. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. God damn. Get out your feelings. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant drafted this year's possible MVP in Joel Embiid. God damn. So you mean to tell me you got Kyrie and JoJo on this team? Insane. All right. And then LeBron went with Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luca. You know, Luca Doncic, Luca the Don, you know what I mean? Baby Bird. You heard? The next pick, Kevin Durant with with nothing can stop the claw. Kawhi Leonard. And then LeBron in the fourth round drafted Nikola Jokic. And then Kevin Durant went and drafted Bradley Beal. And then that left Jason Tatum on the table for Kevin Durant because LeBron is already a starter. So you mean to tell me this? the first lineup is... LeBron, Steph, Giannis, Luka, and Nikola Jokic. You know, I kind of like that versatility in that starting lineup. But Kevin Durant's team is way better. You got Kyrie, who always gives Curry the business. You got Joel Embiid, the best big man in basketball, probably among the top three players in basketball. You got Kawhi Leonard, who's still the best perimeter defender in the league. You got the leading scorer in Bradley Beal. And then you got Jason Tatum, who's a bucket. Like, yo. Team Durant probably going to win. Now we go to the bench as Team LeBron actually made a great decision and drafted my favorite player, Damian Lillard. I was like, fuck, because I wanted Kevin Durant to draft Dame Lillard. I know he fucked up. I know he kind of feeling a type of way about missing out on Dame. Son of a bitch. But I understand why he went with Harden. I mean, he was going to pick Harden for his team first. So I'm not mad at that. So then LeBron in that uh, pick Ben Simmons. No surprise there. Kevin Durant ended up picking Devin Booker. You can see... Kevin Durant likes killers, murderers, and drug dealers. Okay, then next, LeBron drafted Chris Paul, his buddy. His bestie. <laughs> then Kevin Durant drafted Zion Williamson. Man, another killer. Then LeBron drafted Jalen Brown. That's a good pickup for him. And then Kevin Durant drafted Zach Levine. Another killer. Then Team LeBron drafted Paul George. Wow, so Paul George and Kawhi are going to be checking each other. That's going to be dope to see. Then we got Julius Randle. Kevin Durant drafted him. Jew been holding down the Knicks. 
with the app. You know what I'm saying? Then the next pick, Team LeBron drafted DeMontis Sabonis. And then Kevin Durant drafted Nikola Vucevic. And then LeBron drafted Rudy Gobert. Well, actually, Kevin Durant drafted Mitchell, and then which left LeBron with Gobert. Yeah, but other than that, that is my show. That's my show. I'm fucking excited to end this. I think this is really, really fucking good. I ain't gonna lie. But peace and hair grease, bitch.